Welcome to Tattooed Freaks in Business Suits, recorded live from the kitchen of the Personal Touch Career Services in Denver, Colorado. I am your host, Donna Shannon. As a professional career coach, I help people navigate the hiring maze to get the jobs they really love. In addition to working with job seekers one-on-one, I do have a book available. You can find How to Get a Job Without Going Crazy on Amazon. My guest today is Nancy Fingerhood, who I will have her introduce herself in just a moment. Uh, Overall, our show's purpose is to explore and redefine the world of work, especially as Gen X, Millennials, and those to come after seek positions of leadership that still allow them to be themselves. Every show, we will explore a topic related to business or job searching. And of course, we are going to talk about tattoos. So our sponsor is the Personal Touch Career Services, Denver's top-rated career coaches. We focus on the practical tools for your job search, including resumes, LinkedIn profiles, job search coaching, and ongoing classes. Our ridiculously long website is personaltouchcareerservices.com. Once again, that's personaltouchcareerservices.com, or, you know, you can just Google it. Well, thank you very much for coming in today, Nancy. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so I actually saw you present at the Disrupt HR event in August of 2018, which was just last week. Mm -hmm. And you have a fascinating project called I Too Am Qualified. What is that and what's it all about? Well, I Too Am Qualified is a visual campaign to um, put a face to age discrimination in the workplace. Um, It's to bring awareness to ageism. And uh, my husband and I are part-time photographers. Mm -hmm. And so we thought that it would be good to bring awareness through a visual medium. It's funny because originally we had thought of doing a documentary. And I had reached out to an activist named Ashton Applewhite and spoke to her. And she had told me about a project called I2M Oxford, which was showing the face of racism at college campuses. So I thought it was really fascinating to turn that into an ageism Mm -hmm. awareness campaign. We've received... In addition to taking a lot of photos, we've also received anonymous stories from people who have experienced age discrimination in the workplace. Um, And some of them are are quite compelling. So then we decided we wanted to uh, bring awareness even further by reaching out to HR professionals and recruiters and bring awareness that way. Great. So you're mentioning that it's a visual medium. Can you just describe for me a little bit what the pictures look like? Sure. We give the person a whiteboard. Mm -hmm. And on the whiteboard, they write one or two brief sentences explaining how they feel about ageism in the workplace or an experience that they've had dealing with it. So it kind of sums up um, how they feel like I said, or an experience, and then we take their photo to just bring to light uh, what's going on out there, what, you know, is happening in real life. Yeah, they're actually very powerful images. I I must say I was quite moved 
when I, I saw them and I went and I looked at your Facebook page and a little bit more because you have your, your own WordPress too, right? Well, yes. So we have um, i2mqualified.wordpress.com and we also have a Twitter as mm -hmm. well for i2mqualified. Yeah. They're awesome pictures. I encourage anyone to go and look at them because sometimes I think we get this mindset of, you know, ageism, sure. This is for people who are hitting their 60s and having a hard time. And it's like, no, ageism yeah. goes down into low 40s is that what you're saying absolutely and it's why we got started in this was my husband and i more my husband but we were both kind of looking out for different jobs and and searching and felt that there were positions we were qualified for and not getting any callbacks yeah and i thought maybe we should it was a horrible thought in my head but it was maybe we sh need to take the dates off of our resume graduation dates that is yeah and I, I i remembered this was in my late 30s i was changing careers and my mom said to me you better get your act together soon because you may be facing age discrimination in the near future and i just was like yeah right sure whatever no way but i believe that there is a problem and and so we did take dates off the resumes he has found a job mm -hmm. and i'm working part-time but a lot of the stories we've received do talk about that perception that perhaps on my resume they're seeing the dates they're seeing the number of years of experience i have and that's why i'm not getting called for interviews yeah, there's one gentleman in particular, I remember his sign very vividly, you know, saying that he has 25 years of experience in IT, mm -hmm. and he has to remove 13 years off of his yeah. experience before any he ever got an interview. Right. Yeah, yeah, there's that. And then just like I said, the stories, you know, one woman uh, wrote that she tried to hide her age on her resume, but once, if she does get called in for an interview, you know, they see her, you know, it's all over from there. Yeah. There's another image uh, with a older woman. She had the full white hair and it was just saying that, you know, my brains didn't fall out of my head, basically. Yeah, exactly. My brains didn't fall out. <laughs> yeah. And I love that one. Um, she actually sent that to us. Uh, we didn't take that one. And that's another thing. So this is nationwide. We're, you know, we're based here in Denver, Colorado. So we'll go and take photos here. But um, we encourage people to send in high resolution photos that we would put on our, our website and share as well. Now, as a a career coach, I often see these same concerns come up with job seekers too. And, you know, it's still hard for me to accept that at 40 years old, people are facing age discrimination. But, you know, I'm 48 myself, obviously, I'm a Gen Xer. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's just hard to shift the mind into going, why are employers overlooking people? Yeah, in a tight, and, and one of the things I said at the Disrupt HR was it's the, there's a labor shortage here. Yeah. You know, so you're not tapping into this great resource. Yeah. So what are some of the other common incidences or themes that you're seeing in the stories that have come up about the age discrimination issues? Uh, another thing that has come up are just the advertise the recruitment ads. Yeah. Um, I can read for you one. Somebody wrote in that he was looking online and he saw an ad that said they were looking for someone youthful. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that could be seen as blatant bias. 
also I uh, in one of my in my slideshow at disrupt HR I did show an ad for one company that they wanted they literally said looking for someone young so that's pretty blatant yeah um, I think a lot of the bias though is unintentional or you know they can say implicit or unconscious bias mm. you know that's something that's pretty big I think in this situation I think people aren't aware of their internalized ageism yeah it's a bias that's a great way to put it because that's where i'm at you know i at 48 i'm like i don't have age discrimination but of course i own my own business (laughs) Uh but if i were out there trying to get a job that would definitely be an impact so i think you know with hr and recruitment it really needs to be brought up because it's a normalized form of prejudice you know there's a lot of jokes about i mean Obviously, if you're at work and someone calls you an old fart, you know, that's pretty obvious and blatant and stupid of them to do that. But there's other more subtle forms, right? There's um, your your boss saying, so have you thought about retirement? There's not being invited to company lunches or, you know, after work social hours or something like that. Kind of being ignored or pushed away mm-hmm. in, in a way, and, it, and it's not quite as obvious. One thing that I suggest people do is ask for reviews from their supervisors. Mm-hmm. Um, if you feel like you may be facing this, uh, make sure that you're getting the reviews, you're getting very detailed reviews on your performance, so that if anything were to come up, you can say, well, no, I've been doing a great job. Because sometimes also what happens is you get dinged for something that a younger worker may not. They're yeah. looking for things. They're not going to say it to your face that you're an old fart, but they're looking for things. Yeah, so there's uh, there's actually, a, this is one of the evil sides of HR, and I can spell the beans because I used to do HR. Okay. It's known as building your case. It's when uh, you're looking at an employee and sometimes like a supervisor will come to you and they're like, we need to get rid of this person for whatever reason and they're not getting along. Mm -hmm. So sometimes HR will go, okay, we need to get documentation of Mm -hmm. behavior. And they're building the case for why would they be letting you go? If it was one of these situations where they didn't want to pay severance or unemployment, that's where they're going to do the documentation side. So in what you're encouraging them to do is to get the reviews, get specific feedback on yes. the things you're doing right. Mm-hmm. And if there's any things that needs improvement, the next step is specifically asking what outcomes should I focus on for improvement? Mm-hmm. And how are we going to quantify this to show that I have been improving? Yeah. And that will help. Yeah, because you have to build your case. Yes. What I have noticed is the majority of people have reached out to me are people who are looking for work, not in the situation right now. So I think that that's a huge part of the age discrimination is in the hiring aspect. I mean, it also happens obviously on the job where you're getting pushed out, like I mentioned. But from what research I've done, 75% or so of cases through the EEOC on age discrimination have been people who are already in the job and they're facing discrimination there. Right. So a very small percentage who are using any legal action are the ones looking for a job. However, the majority of people, I think, facing it or reaching out to us are the ones who are actually looking for a job. And it's, it's because it's so hard to prove age discrimination on the job 
Can you imagine trying to do it in the hiring process? It, it's really dang near impossible because yeah. they use all kinds of excuses. They, they don't call it age discrimination. They call you overqualified, mm -hmm. right? And then there's they can back it up with logic because the logic being if you're overqualified for a position, you're going to ask for more money. You're going to get bored with this job if it's a lateral move for you or even a step down because you're looking to make a career change. Yeah, yeah. and those are stereotypes. You know, mm -hmm. those are um, assumptions. At least bring the person into the interview. Are our older workers the only ones who are going to try to negotiate on salary? Really? No, I don't think so. Like, right. the other thing is a lot of times the, the salary is posted online. They know mm -hmm. what the parameters are. A lot of older workers, well, I don't say a lot, but some older workers, you know, are are looking for stability. They're, they may not be looking to, to get pr a promotion. You know, they just want stability. So I think that there are these assumptions that are made on the part of HR, and you don't really get to know the person. And you have to bring them in for an interview at least and ask yeah. and talk face to face. People assume an older worker is going to leave in five years because uh, they're going to retire. Mm. Well, the average tenure is 4.2 years. Mm. And in fact, it's even lower with younger workers. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. So, you know, you're looking at two and a half years where from this research I've done, for the age group 55 to 64, the ten median tenure is 10.1 years. Mm -hmm. So they're actually going to stay longer. And then one of the things I think about too is as Gen X, my age of retirement is not 65 from the government. It is 72. Even at age 52, when I get there, mm -hmm. I still have to work for another 20 years. Yeah. It's like, don't just miss me from professional roles and make right. me a, a Walmart greeter mm -hmm. because you don't like the shade of my hair. It's got too much gray. Exactly. And having older workers in, you know, having people in the workforce helps the economy in general mm -hmm. because baby boomers have a lot of spending power and that helps our economy and that creates more jobs. Her, it just, it hurts everyone with that type of discrimination. Like I said, I just want to get the conversation going. I just want to get people talking about this within HR and recruitment and in their companies. And there's ways to do that. There's lunch and learns. There are mentoring programs that they can start. I think there's a lot of things, really positive things that HR professionals can do. Mm -hmm. And I think if they they kind of frame it in, in a way that this is an intergenerational organization, you know, it's not just about, we've got to hire older workers. It's we're utilizing the skills and talents of all the generations.
So can you tell us about any existing legislation that helps protect people from age discrimination? Absolutely. There is the Age Discrimination and Employment Act. However, it is not as strong as legislation that protects people for, say, uh, gender or race or religious discrimination, mm -hmm. because those forms of discrimination are protected under Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, right. and age is not protected under that under the Title VII. Mm -hmm. um, so they created in 1967 the Age Discrimination and Employment Act. However, through the years, through Supreme Court and federal court rulings, uh, they've actually diminished the protections of the ADEA. In particular, there was a case in 2009 um, in which the Supreme Court ruled that age had to be the primary factor Mm -hmm. when you litigate, it could not be a motivating factor. Okay. But for, say, race or religion, that can be a motivating factor. And so that puts a much, uh, much more burden of proof on the person who is facing age discrimination to prove their case. That makes sense. And it makes it a lot harder to litigate and win in court right. against employers. And so while we do have some protection, it's just not as strong as the other forms of discrimination. And it, it, there's a lot of cases the EEOC won't even litigate on. Wow. Because they feel, you know, it doesn't meet the standard. Yeah. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. And so there is a bill that was put into Congress, but it will not go out of committee. I mean, there's just no movement on it. It's the Protecting Older Workers Against Discrimination Act. And this would amend the ADEA to state that an unlawful employment practice is established when a protected characteristic was a motivating mm. factor for any employment practice, even though other factors also motivated the practice. So it would strengthen uh, the Age Discrimination and Employment Act. Mm. But like I said, and I've talked to um, our legislators here really nothing has happened because it's it's got some bipartisan support but it just won't get out of committee for example uh our senator here and house rep a couple that i've spoken to they would need to get a republican to co-sponsor it. it they call it i think noah's ark like two by two like they oh, need that makes sense yeah, okay yeah. yes it's just sitting there yeah <laughs> Aren't politics fine? <laughs> <laughs> it's complicated and um, can be very frustrating, especially when, you know, this is something I think a lot of people would support, except, to be honest with you, uh, some business owners will not support this. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's, that's horrible to say. <laughs> and, you know, that's one of the things, too, and I, I always mention this whenever I'm coaching someone, whether... It comes back into the idea of company culture. If you're trying desperately to get into this one company that's like your dream company, but then they're saying things like, we want people with a youthful attitude in their job descriptions, mm -hmm. and you might fall into like one of these older categories like as poor Gen Xers are starting to turn into, whiny me, <laughs> but keep that in mind. They're not valuing people of our generation. They're not valuing people as a whole. Mm -hmm. They're looking for that stereotype. And is that the kind of culture that you really want to be a part of? Yeah. And um, there are some companies that really take 
the conscious capitalism seriously if mm. you've heard of that working towards a better world you know not just mm -hmm. having a product or service that you're selling but also creating um, an egalitarian and better world you know those are companies you want to support i mean but there are cases you know like in blackhawk and universities here that have had issues with with age discrimination mm. and you know you just have to look and see you know do i want to work for that type of company yeah and one last thing sure. that i always encourage people to do is uh number one hr is always looking for an easy cut meaning it, they don't actually hire anybody they just cut candidates so sometimes right. it, you know that's why we have to do things like limit the amount of experience that's listed on the resume typical best practice is just list your last 10 to 15 mm -hmm. years of experience because that's what they care about and things like this so it's tricks you have to do to get through the hiring maze so to speak but you do have alternate method and that's where i always encourage people to get in touch directly with hiring managers because there are, in fact, managers that are going to overlook some things if they can believe in your talent. Mm -hmm. And they know the kind of personality and skill set and real abilities they need on their team. And sometimes even the fact of being able to track somebody down like through LinkedIn, the, they see that as very tenacious and they're more inclined to speak to people who overcome those barriers. Speaking of LinkedIn, it's interesting. I, I, someone reached out to me through LinkedIn. He was looking. He's in his 60s, and he said that you know, he applies and he feels very qualified. He has a fear, though, that because he has a LinkedIn profile with a picture, um, yeah, that once they see his photo, mm. that could be a deterrent. There's no proof. You know, these are all um, assumptions. Like I said, there, there is one way to see if that's really going on. Uh, you know how you can look and see who's looked at your LinkedIn profile? Yes. So one of the things I warn people about is if you apply to a company, you see that like their HR department or someone in the organization looked at your profile and then mm -hmm. they never contacted you or you get a rejection after that. Mm -hmm. That means something in your profile scared them off. Whether it's the picture or your experience didn't match what was on the resume, things like this. You don't necessarily need to go out and like dye your hair. I mean, I do because I <laughs> was doing a lot of videos and I don't look as good on camera <laughs> with, with, with it not being dyed. But sometimes you can use the filters on the picture settings and make it a grayscale or a sepia tone. Mm, okay. And it makes you look younger. Yeah. yeah. And it's a shame though that I know it sucks that we have to do this, yeah, but sometimes we gotta play yeah. the game. Yeah, yeah, I know. Hopefully, um, there will be some cultural changes and, and shifts, and like I said, you know, just bringing awareness and going back to something Ashton Applewhite said. Uh, you know, uh, ageism is the prejudice that pits us against our future selves. Mm -hmm. You know, really keeping that in mind. Yeah. One day, you too. <laughs> will be my age yeah. and and then so um just keeping that in mind yeah that it's all gonna happen so thank you very much nancy for being thank here you. so now it's my favorite part of the show where we get to talk about tattoos but you don't have a tattoo do you i don't <laughs> sorry <laughs> i don't like pain pain they're not that painful <laughs> Well, I take that back. Depends on where you're getting yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've got a low tolerance for it. So. Yeah. <laughs>
I'll tell you a little bit about one of my tattoos that I have. It's actually the, the smallest tattoo I have. Mm-hmm. And it's a couple of snakes that are kind of in like a Celtic configuration. Mm-hmm. And it's down towards my ankle on my right foot, like kind of near the Achilles tendon. It actually would have been like really cool if I went down further, but mm-hmm. I was like scared that it was going to hurt too much. Yeah. <laughs> so See? I, I know. And I'm like heavily tattooed. And even I got shied off on that one. But uh, the whole point of it, because all my tattoos have meaning, is that's like my grounding element. Because mm-hmm. I, I tend to have high and lofty ideals. Okay. And snakes are a symbol of transformation and change. Mm-hmm. But it's also down on my foot to keep me grounded so I can put all these lofty changes and ideals into play in the real world. That's good. Safe? Yeah. So, not all that weird. No, I mean, I think... Uh, I mean, I'm fascinated by some of the tattoos I see and the craftsmanship and, and artistry and people, they have meaning to, to, to people and mm-hmm. um, and I love it. I just like looking at it rather than <laughs> having one myself. <laughs> I can accept that. I am good to go with that one. So uh, once again, my guest today is Nancy Fingerhood. So please give us all your contact information um, where we can find out more about this project, I Too Am Qualified. Uh, you can contact us through the website, i2amqualified.wordpress.com, and there is a contact page. We'd love to hear from you. Um, and there's also Twitter, which mm-hmm. the handle is i Too Am Qualified. Great. So um, my name is Donna Shannon. My company is Personal Touch Career Services. I, I, you know, I hate to admit this, I can't remember the artist who actually did my tattoo. I know this one. It's old. It's one of my older ones. But uh, it was done, I believe, through Emporium of Design, at uh, which is in downtown Denver, just to give them a shout out because they've done a lot of my work over the years. Uh, as my producer keeps reminding me, I need to tell you to hit our like button, follow us. We're on all kinds of different podcast platforms. And now... We even have an Instagram page. So look for Tattooed Freaks in Business Suits on Instagram. You know what would be awesome if you wouldn't mind sharing one or two of your images? We totally link back to you so that people can get an idea of this, this powerful movement that you've been working on. Great. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you very much again for coming in. And uh, we shall see everybody next time. Mm -hmm.